Hello, and thank you for listening into ParableCast. I am your host, Dan Mays. The purpose of this podcast is to rightly divide the scriptures through exposition of the word, to then apply it to the everyday life of the believer. The church is the body of Christ, and that's who I hope can hear this message as we call upon the name of Jesus. My goal is to each and every week walk us through chapters and passages. Sometimes they'll be topical and continue the conversation each and every week. I hope you enjoy. Now let's dive in together. Welcome back to Parable Cast. Again, I am your host, Dan Mays. If you're new, welcome. Thank you so much for all the love and support those who have reached out over the three previous podcasts of To A Wake Up Church. And now we're in the book of James. If you haven't listened, please start at episode one, season one with Wake Up Church, part one. As I've stated, I always want to give a 60-second recap from a prior podcast and hope that you're going to go back and listen. So here's a recap from the first podcast of James, chapter 1. It opens up to us with the author, the brother of Jesus. He has a posture of a servant and slave to Christ. The brother of Christ knew his position, and so should we, the church. We talk through the spiritual maturity of a believer through trial, that God doesn't test us, but our own sin can give birth to eternal death if we don't walk with him through the highs as well as the lows. God is faithful, and we as the church should what seek maturity spiritually with the Lord. Now let's start James chapter 2. This year I am reading the ESV. I try to change up translations here and there, but the ESV is one that I've grown to love. Remember, the goal of this podcast is to simply continue the conversations. I record very simple, whether it's in my closet or in my dining room table, as I sit across, I act as if I'm sitting across from you and us having this conversation. So let's continue the conversation first. My phone number is 201-655-5493. I can be found on all social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook. I don't do the Snapchat, but the goal is to have this discussion from anywhere from 22 to 29 minutes. I never want this to be about taking too much of your time, but I hope that it would tug on your heartstrings and that we can continue this conversation. Let's start. James, again, is a book I go to when people ask me for either one discipleship or two accountability. Why? Because it's addressed to the church at fixing issues they are already facing as believers. And just like the church then finds itself, the church today finds itself in the same situation. So I do want to say thank you to those who have called, text, met up with me to discuss the podcast. I invite you, please reach out. I give my phone number and my social media for a reason. I do ask for all my listeners to keep my son Aiden's coach in your prayers as he is battling uh, double lung pneumonia as well as COVID, believing for God to have it turn around there and to be a testimony to their family. So again, thank you. Let's dive in. James chapter 2. If you're new to me or understand this podcast, again, is to dissect God's word verse by verse. Uh, I'm going to read you uh, verses 1 through 13, and we're going to jump right in. The sin of partiality. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For, for man is wearing a golden ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes to you. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, hey, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinction amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God clothed those who are poor in the world to be what rich in 
faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones that oppress you and the ones that drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Big words there. For whoever keeps the whole law but falls in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you don't commit adultery but you do murder, you have become yet again a transgressor of the law. Verse 12, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Verse 12 is one I would highlight. Circle, this is such a great verse. Verse 13, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I want to stop right there. It's the first segment of chapter two. If time allows, I will go into it. But again, I want to keep mindful of the time. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. There's a lot to unpack in 22-ish minutes. So here we go. James chapter two, verse one. James is giving the church advice that is clearly wasn't a warning to them, but was one that they were already committing sin in of that of partiality. This is seen as corrupt, evil, fleshly driven practices in the church which now leads into verses two and three again for it says for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing and you pay attention to the one who is wearing fine clothing and say you sit here while the while the poor man either stands there or sits at your feet this shows us the in illustration of partiality within the community of believers this clearly is showing us the practice of giving favoritism, which is partiality to those who come as visitors or attendees or people in a community. This goes into more of a description of giving a distinctive place of favoritism. Let's park here for a moment. It's easy to say, yes, this happens in the world. But first, identify the Bible wasn't written to the world. It was written to the ecclesia, the church. This was and is an issue in the church body even more now than ever before. From VIP status to specific handshakes to exalting certain individuals, we see it in who we allow in and who we don't allow in. Where we want the broken to sit or not to be seated. I don't bring this up to call it specific quote-unquote churches or groups, but to simply say, woe to the church to act this way. This isn't about building a church building or budget. It's about the kingdom of God, which only revenue is souls. The kingdom of God's only revenue is souls. Verse 4 and 5. Have you not then made distinction amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. I love this because James takes it all the way to the Old Testament, as well as to current Leviticus 19.15. Do not pervert justice and give favoritism and neglect the poor. It's also found in Deuteronomy 10.17. Our mighty God shows no partiality or accepts no bribes. James here is to believe to be addressing any type of any type of expression of discrimination. 
whether based on race, social economic status, education, gender. Think about how powerful. We need to work this out, church. And when I say church when in these podcasts, I'm talking to the body of Christ. The capital C church, excuse me. We hold no justice to be the judge, but to be under the judgment of how we act and respond. Did you hear me? We hold no justice to be the judge, but we have to understand the judgment of how we act and respond. If then we are showing partiality, we will answer for those things. What ultimately leads the church, the body, the person to partiality of sin? It's simple. It's self. It's selfish. It's fear of man rather than fear of Christ. There's no room for this in the believer. Remove it and remove it now. No more. Very simple. Commercial break. A lot of us have been waiting for the church to respond to the issues of partiality in race and economic statics, etc. Those things need to be. But we are looking for one person to address when the sin of partiality is all over the body of Christ right now. We want the man who holds this sin for others to address this sin in parts and pieces when there is so much evil of partiality still there. What am I getting at? There are real issues that, yes, need to be addressed by the church, but we can't hand-select what we are addressing. We have to address it all, church. We have to address it all. I may frustrate some that listen to that part, but that is the gospel. The gospel doesn't just address one part of sin. It addresses all things. Let's not be partiality in our mindful thinking. Verse 6 and 7, But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones that blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? Church, listen. We have dishonored the poor in which God has chosen the poor. He didn't choose the rich. He chose the poor. The very ones we choose to neglect and oversee and move away from. James is giving a powerful illustration. I want you to turn the volume up and listen to this part. The one who dragged you into court. James is addressing the legal pressure the rich was bringing upon the poor and discrimination that they were putting on the poor and pressurizing the place in which they were meeting in the church. Woe to us. Wow. How dare us overlook the ones who Christ came for. But the acclamation is on there a sharp couple or that's a powerhouse or They have the most talent. The pressure comes from those versus the humble and broken that are the testimony to the church. Let me ask you, when's the last time you saw someone maybe with not the best talent leading you versus the one who has talent but has sin? Listen, all I'm saying is we need to hold the standards very high, very, very high. Verses 9 through 10, listen to the big ifs here in 9 and 10. You have to listen to these emphasis of ifs right now. Verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. Verse 9, but if, there's the other if, you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Verse 8, if you, verse 9, but if you, verse 8, the royal law. This is the law of the kingdom of God. Verse 25 in chapter 1, James gives it so powerful to us. 
But whoever looks intentionally into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Church, you want the blessings of God? You want the blessings upon your life? Then you intentionally look at the perfect law that gives perfect freedom and you don't forget it and you act upon it. There's your blessing, church. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Man, we, we're quick to shout down this one. We're quick, we're quick to clap it. We're, we're quick to post it on social media. Heck, we'll even put a tattoo on us. But we don't practice it. This is the Leviticus law in the Old Testament. Do not revenge against one another, but love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. No, it's also New Testament as well. Jesus' words in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: the second and greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? It's the one next to you right now. It's the brother or sister in your community. Your neighbors as in who's to your right and left, front and back of you in your neighborhoods. Those who don't smell like you, that don't act like you. You are to love them. Go even further. The world... Not the believer. The world will know you're my disciple. For what? For how you love. Now look at verse 9. If you show partiality, you are committing sin. This is the very contrast to the obedience of what the law is telling us to do. Showing us that this sin is in opposition to the second and greatest commandment that Jesus would tell us to do. You now are convicted by this law. The law in which you're saying you're living by, you're now convicted. Sorry, but we are judged. We will be judged. We serve a God of judgment. Not many want to hear that today, but he will judge. He will vindicate and place a verdict on how we live this gospel message out. Let me summarize the last two verses for you because I believe I have a little bit of time to finish this chapter. Verses 12 through 13. And I love this. So speak and so act. Words and action, right? So speak and so act. As those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Verse 12. So speak, deliver, and act of those are who to be judged under the law of freedom. Did you hear that? Speak and act as if you are going to be judged of the law of freedom. I promise you that should change every believer's direction and course of life if they did this. Speak the gospel and act on the gospel as if you're going to be judged by this thing. Believer, if you're listening to this right now and you're living a life of compromise or you're going into the old man, live and act as if you're going to be judged by the very gospel that calls out those things. Stop there. Take a good self-reflection. This is big, believer. The judgment is without mercy. To the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. Can someone say amen to that? Matthew 6, 14 through 15, in cross-reference. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Listen, you can't be a believer and not forgive and not forget. That's judgment. Did you hear me? I've heard people say, well, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget what they said. That's not forgiveness. Aren't you thankful that your heavenly Father doesn't do it to you that way? Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This is not about financial blessing. This is about understanding that there is a judge. What you reap is what you will sow. How do we apply this then? We first address the sin of partiality in our life. Look at your life right now. You have to address yourself before you can ever look to addressing issues on, uh, on media standpoints or social media. Let that sink in. We have to start with us first, church. 
Don't neglect those that aren't like you. Don't give a high seat to those who you would expect to have a high seat. Invite the broken with you. Invite the the disciple with you. Discipleship is not a quick process. It's a long process. It's a humbling process. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Invite the humble to hold and sing a song, not the talented. Let's have less tryouts and more humble platforms. Did you hear me? The gospel isn't about trying out with your talents. It's about having a humble life that has a platform to portray the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to get into more of that, but I do want to get to the end of this chapter. Chapter 2 would finish with faith without works. And I'm going to read some verses and we'll finish right here. Faith without works is dead. I want to summarize this for sake of time. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? James now is asserting to us genuine faith faith that affects the believer and our behavior. Faith that does not affect behavior is superficial and cannot save you. Did you hear me? Faith that does not affect your behavior of lifestyle choices is superficial faith and it will not and cannot save you. And to me, this is where the danger of many believers find themselves. It's superficial faith, not supernatural self-dying faith. Did you hear me? This goes into verses 17 and 18. So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. James implies to us that faith cannot be demonstrated apart from action. We need action in this hour. Words are great. Posts are wonderful. I need to see action, says the Lord in these verses. I say it to my employees all the time. We can walk and we can talk a really good good talk. We can do a really good talk, but action backs up your talk. Your actions as believers back up your faith. Don't say you're closer to God now when your posts, your actions are just old men. You cannot say that you're closer to God, but when you're posting things and your actions show you're actually closer to old man than to the one who has redeemed and saved you. I'm tired of that. I want people who are about the action of the kingdom, not the prince of darkness. That's where I'm at in life. Someone asked me, who do you want in your life? I want people who are about the action of the kingdom, not entertaining things of the prince of darkness. Verses 21 through 23 will conclude like this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Man, what a powerful illustration. You see, that was faith was active along with works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled by saying Abraham believed God. It was counted to him as righteous and was called a friend of God. Verse 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Listen, James chapter 2, man, is full of so much. There's one thing that echoes from the first portion of James chapter uh, two to the second half. And, and it's very clear. Words in action. Words in action. We've got to be believers in this hour that we don't just have words, but we have actions attached to our, our words, just like our faith has works attached with works attached to faith. Did you hear me? Man, I hope this stuff encourages you. Like I said, I want to continue these conversations. Um, we're going to be hitting right at a 20-minute mark in this breakdown of this passage of James chapter 2. Um, I didn't want to take too much time because my hope, again, is that you have time to listen to this, that it's a quick ride to work. You can listen to it. Again, my phone number is 201-655-5493. 
You can find me on Facebook as well as Instagram. That's my social media accounts. I really want to continue this conversation. I'm looking for those that may even be interested in joining on a podcast one day. I've got my wife, Courtney, who will be joining us in some of our podcasts as well. James Chapter 3 is going to be our next one. Uh, I want to encourage you. Dan Mays does not have it all figured out. Dan Mays is not a hurt, broken person speaking out of bitterness and, and anger. No, this is what I would explain as a holy righteousness that I'm walking through. I've been healed. I've repented. Man, God is good. He is great. Uh, and during this time, I, I want to have people alongside of me in my walk of life that are ready to dive into the word. Man, think about how James chapter 2 ended. Was not Abraham justified by the works when he offered his son Isaac to the altar? Man, what has God been calling you to sacrifice at the altar that you just can't seem to put it there? It costs too much. I want this to be an encouragement to the body of Christ. Listen, if you're getting a gospel that says you don't need to sacrifice things, that it's a slow, slow process to weaning off these things, now listen, just listen very clearly. The Lord is looking for a body of believers that stop, drop, and run to Him. We can't have this continuous, vicious cycle of old men resurfacing. You have got to allow... To, to, to understand, and I want to read this verse to you one more time, because this verse, I believe, was meant to be heard uh, for many to hear again. James chapter 2, verse 12. Let this sink in. Let this shake you at your core. Let the word of God make you tremble and seek him and find him and fear the Lord. It says, so speak and so act as though you are to be judged under this law. Believer, speak and act as if you're going to be judged under the law of God. This is so powerful. This summarizes everything so best for us that we've got to be believers of actions and words, words and action, faith and works, works and faith. Again, my phone number is 201-655-5493. I hope we can continue this conversation. I hope you hear the love I have for the believer in this hour. There's an urgency that I believe the Lord is calling for a holy set-apart remnant in this hour. The Lord returns. He is, and he's looking for a bride that is ready. God bless you. I hope you turn into next week, James chapter 3. If you've got some ideas of things that you love to hear on the podcast, let me know. There are going to be some topical moments as well. God bless you. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed my dad's podcast. This is Aiden. God bless you guys.